come with us. When you wish upon a star. Come and remember the magic. Welcome to a very special 90s Disney where I am very pleased to introduce the founder and operator of the very popular Twitter account Muppet History, Josh Gillespie. How are you, man? I'm doing good. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Now, I, I do have to have to ask you now real quick because after reading your last name, is it a GIF or a GIF? I'd say GIF. Well, that makes sense. You're also wrong, but that's okay. I don't want to be <laughs> Gillespie. I've been called Gillespie before. That was all through high school, but <laughs> no, I got. Oh man, I, I'm just glad the worst of my problems at this point are people who are like, "Is it Josh or Joshua?" And I'm like, "Either one. I'll, <laughs> I'll take anything. Just get my name right." There you go. So, uh, we're here to have a little conversation about uh, the Muppets and your history with them and, and the Muppet history count and just kind of touch on any kind of interesting facts you want to share. You know, we just did our episode on Muppet Vision 3D this month and end of last year we did our Muppet Christmas Carol episode, which remains by far our most popular episode of the show. It just constantly no uh, it keeps there. growing and growing. It is a fine film, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. So, Josh, I just wanted to start by asking you kind of, um, you know, how did you come to love the Muppets? How did they come into your life and, and what made them stay there? They came into my life, I don't know if I'd even say by choice. It was more of what was available for my parents to show me during childhood, like something about Elmo. I know it's a big surprise there. Something about Elmo just grabbed me and I was hooked on it to the point where Elmo was the first word I ever learned to say. So I feel like this <laughs> this career path, if that's what you would call it, I feel like it was kind of, it was set out from the very start. And I've had several family members come to me and say, well, duh, of course you're doing something with the Muppets. That, that What else would you be doing? So... <laughs> I don't know. The Muppets have just always, it's always been that comfort. Something about it has always been where no matter what's going on in my life, what, however difficult things may be, they're just this entity of optimism that I just feel peace at, peace with when I watch it or whatever it may be. So I know you, you had that, that Elmo toy when you were, how old were you? You've shared the picture a few times um, Elmo, I got it. I would say probably my first Christmas that I was born. So that would be seven months old. Wow. No, not seven. I'm sorry. My brain's four, four months old. I was okay. thinking, yeah, four months old. So even younger. Oof. <laughs> and, and here's a, an important question. Do you still have that tickle me Elmo? It's in the attic somewhere. I think. I cannot imagine anyone getting rid of it. Right. I think all of that old, you know, that's where you stick all the children's stuff is in the attic. That's what they're for. Right. Nice. So um, as you kind of grew up and, and, and were around the Muppets, like what are some of your earliest kind of concrete memories of, of watching the you know, Muppet, Muppet films? Which ones really stick out to you as like childhood staples? Muppets from Space was the first one I ever saw because it was the first one released when I was a kid. And I know that's the one that gets the most criticism. And I won't even say that it doesn't deserve it because there are, it, it's not amazing, but it'll <laughs> always be special to me because it's sure. like I still have my ticket from when I went to see it and I was only like three and a half years old, but I was so like proud of it that I was like, I want to keep this. <laughs> I'm also reminding myself how old this episode's gonna make me feel. I'm 25. Oh no! <laughs> so that's that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, think about it like this: at least the younger generation still appreciates it. That's right. Because I mean, you kind of came into 
Muppet them during a relatively kind of horrible quiet time. And awkward time for the for the franchise. Yeah, like they were yeah. they were in this weird kind of limbo period after you know Muppets from Space, really, where yeah. they had a few efforts at, at some digital shows and 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 you know not not really any movies coming out. A few kind of direct to video things. Jim had died, and Disney hadn't bought them yet. I was born right in the weirdest period to become a Muppet fan. Right. So, so as you're growing up, did you, were you going back and finding all the old films? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what really sparked that interest. I think it was, well, what definitely started it was when they did the Kermit the Frog's 50th birthday celebration in, I want to say like 2005. Yeah. I think it was 2005 where Disney released, re-released all the movies on DVD, or at least the ones they own. And that was my opportunity to see a lot of them for the first time. What got me into, because I was always a Sesame Street kid. That was my, mm-hmm. that was where I started. But we had, I have two older brothers, so they had gotten things like the sing-along tapes and things like that, and the compilation, compilations of the Muppet Show that, um, Jim Henson video had released, ironically, under Disney. Um, And so that was kind of my introduction to all the different universes of Muppets. Because one of the sing-along tapes included songs from like Emmett Otter, Fraggle Rock, uh, the Muppet movies, the Muppet show. It was just a perfect, like... Hodgepodge, kind of. Exactly. It was like, this is where you need to start. And then the Time Life DVDs that came out in 2000, 2000, 2001 was where I really saw the Muppet Show, like, for the first time, more than just a couple episodes on tape or the compilations they had done. Like, I was seeing Mark Hamill and uh, Paul Simon, those episodes, and I just wanted to see more of it. And that's when I discovered the internet's a thing. <laughs> Uh, Growing up, in the time period I did, I guess this will show just how different things were. You know, as a kid, when the Muppets were the biggest thing, I imagine, you know, being a Muppets fan wasn't, uh, wasn't, it was like, yeah, so what? Growing up when I was a kid, saying you're a Muppets fan means, oh, you still watch Sesame Street, which, you, so you must be a, what are you five years old that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. it was more of seen as a a thing to ridicule as opposed to a thing to be like hey yeah i like them too yeah i i I can understand that because again i go back to kind of where i was when i was that age and this was you know late 80s early 90s and you know the original incarnation of the muppet babies was still a new thing and you know, dinosaurs was, was was a big show on TV. Fraggle Rock was being made. Yeah, uh, we were getting you know projects you know before and and not long after Jim Henson's death. So, like I said, it, it is funny that 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 you were kind of born into like this sort of Muppet Star Age. I was born into the period where the only show that was on was Sesame Street, and the only movie that was out was Muppets from Space. So it was seen as like this weird thing like what you like that that's okay whatever and unfor- and it it's still like that to an extent um i think it really is it shows your age like mm-hmm. your your age group if you hear oh i'm i love the muppets it's probably like yeah the muppets are awesome that whereas for me it's completely different it's like saying oh yeah i still like barney the dinosaur <laughs> Yeah, it's like I wonder how because I have five year old twin girls and they and my two year old son and they love the Muppet Babies, the current version of it's it. A, it's a great reboot. Oh, yeah, it's very really well happy. done. I'm, and so, so I wonder if if that means they'll grow up kind of the same way I did, where Muppets are this nostalgic thing um, yeah. that hopefully continue to be current and and less so what you kind of went through of uh, being caught in the middle, so to speak. But yeah. so you mentioned, you mentioned you know, using the internet to find a lot of this old content. Uh, I wondered, is that what kind of led to you learning a little bit more of, of the behind the scenes information on Muppets and kind of how that was all uh, done backstage? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, websites like tough pigs, Muppet mindset, Muppet central, the Muppet Wiki, all those places, it was like, oh my gosh, 
there's so much of this. It's, and it all, it's all explained right here for me. And I can read about it. And I remember Muppet Central has a section all about like different merchandise, like all the different merchandise throughout the years. And I would just scour those sections just because I found it so fascinating. I was like, whoa, they, they had puzzles back then. They were making Muppet bed sheets. What, what? And it was so crazy to think that this thing that I thought I was the only person who knew about it <laughs> really was something. There was something so much more to it. The one thing that I'm so glad existed was Muppet Central had one of the those early internet radio stations and they would just play Muppet and Sesame Street and everything, just music from those 24-7. Oh, was that through the uh, the real audio player? No, it was actually, it was a, it was an internet uh, radio station. It was called Live 365. That was the wow. name of it. Yeah. All that early 2000 internet stuff is so fascinating to me because it's also like hodgepodge. And it's like, I the internet, it was... It wasn't when the internet was, it was, I don't know if I'd stay, say it was a new thing, but it was still, it wasn't what it is today. Sure, sure. We were still on web 1.0 back then. Exactly. Still had to ask for parents' permission. Uh, so here we are now, 2020, and you are running this Twitter account called Muppet History. I am. What made you decide to get into this? So I adjust. <laughs> I had just left working at Disney. <laughs> oh, what were you doing there? I worked um, at Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom. I did uh, food and beverage for them. <laughs> it was very nice. It was very eye-opening. But it just... Living in Florida, working at Disney does not pay the bills. No, so, I can imagine not. So I had to move back. And I just... I had done Muppet History videos on youtube before i worked at disney because i had seen all these different like mostly video game related history videos and i was like i wonder if i could do something like that about the muppets so i had done maybe 10 or 11 of those and then when i got back from florida i was like well now the big thing is these this day in history kind of twitter accounts and i was like i wonder if i could translate what i was doing in video over to social media i guess it worked <laughs> there was there a point where you, where it kind of started taking off and you were like oh wow this is a thing people are actually interested in oh yeah i can pinpoint the exact moment it was okay. a um i posted a clip from the muppet movie um the screen tests that they did to see how the muppets would look out in the real world. Uh -huh. And it was a clip of just Jim and Frank improvising with each other as Kermit and Fozzie. And Judd Apatow retweeted it. Huh. And that was it. it. Yeah, less than 24 hours later, I had 10,000 followers. I went from wow. like 200 to 10,000. And it's been doing what it's done ever since then. That was That's January wild. of last year. That Isn't happened. it funny how just like that one little spark... That one um, person just, oh, one, of course. No, well, you're a Disney guy. I, I, yeah, I, I, I said that and I didn't mean to. I was like, I'm just going to let it go. Have a <laughs> magical day. One. <laughs> no, my thing was uh, Namaste. That's what I had to say all the time. Ah. I was Animal Kingdom, so. Well, that and not a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> that was an experience. <laughs> so, yeah, that blew up and i was just flabbergasted i'm like okay what do i do now how do I, what this is different and then I, had, I don't know it's been it's interesting to see what clips or pictures for whatever reason the social media algorithm decides this is it yeah and of course of course the thing you think oh this is gonna get a lot of attention this is gonna be big Nothing happens. The thing you're like, yeah, whatever, blows up. <laughs> and then course. you're like, oh, crap, there's a misspelling. And it's like, oh, well, there's 3,000 likes on it already. Guess I'm stuck. <laughs> so right now, I'm looking at your account. You're sitting at 100, 
48.5 thousand followers. Yeah, it's weird. Like, like what, 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 when you're, when you post something new and you're like, okay, I've got this video clip I found behind the scenes or some little factoid or even just like a, you know, a nice little meme or, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know how you've had Twitter set up on your phone or whatever else, but like, are do you just kind of watch like it blow up and see what's coming in? Or do you just like kind of shut it off and look at the end of the day? Or do you even track that kind of stuff? I kind of, whenever I post something new, I try to, I look at the first 10 minutes to see if any, what what comes from it. I feel like I can gauge how it'll do based on that first 10 minutes. And it all depends on like what time I post it, what because sometimes there'll be something like I need to post this at three o'clock. That's the perfect time. And then sometimes it'll be like two 48 and I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I don't know if I, there have been, I will say there have been some days where I become like dead set focused on a post and I just, I just can't do that because if I do, then I start thinking, what if I had worded it differently? What if I had posted it this time? What if I had done? And you can't do that because once you start doing that, it takes the fun out of it all. Once you turn it into a business and not just something to do to entertain people, you've completely lost the whole point of it. I'm not trying to, while I do, you know, make merchandise and make exclusive things for people who do want more. I'm not trying to make this anything bigger than it is. Because <laughs> anytime I've ever attempted to do something like that, it's always blown up in my face. Well, it's tricky because I, I feel like especially when your audience is, is Muppet fans. Yeah. I, f- I feel like th- they're kind of keen to something becoming disingenuous, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So, so I imagine that's kind of a hard line to straddle. It is. And there are people who think I should be posting more about this topic or more about this topic. And sure, I could do that. But at the same time, it's like, then I'm going to probably tick off this person who doesn't want this stuff anymore. And I just try to see it. I don't see it as 148,000 or whatever it was. I see (laughs) it as I'm just posting what I posted when I had 100. Nice. I mean, sure, occasionally I'll post something that it's like something really simple because some t- with everything going on this year, sometimes we just need a picture of Beaker or a picture of Gonzo and it makes everyone laugh. And, you know, I look at what I do as just trying to do what I would find funny or entertaining or knowledge or learn from. So how how do you go about finding content to post? Do you, do you have some favorite sources you fall back to, or is it just whatever you can find? It, it's just whatever comes to my mind sometimes. Sometimes, you know, I do like to look up, oh, what happened on this day? What happened in this time period? Uh, with Or really right now, you know, we just had Halloween and, and Thanksgiving and Christmas, so I've got a treasure trove of Christmas to work with, so. Do you... Um find it hard to find some of this more obscure behind the scenes stuff? Is that something you had to really dig for? And are they good, like reliable sources you found for that? I do have a few good friends who will be like, Hey, I just got a hold of this footage. Do you, is there, is there anything you can do with it? And sometimes yes. And then sometimes I'm like, no, that's just a little too obscure. Nobody's going to be interested in that. Unfortunately. Anything that, that that's come across you that, that like really blew your mind when you found it that sticks out to you? I did get some footage or not. I, I got video from an early promotional interview they did in England for the Muppet show. And it had some really like some of the characters weren't performed by the same people. Some of them had different names. It was... And oh, oh, what was his name? I forget. It was a fa- it was a famous English interviewer, and that was the big like wow. It's cool to. F- I think that's the fun is for just for me to Des O'Connor, who just died actually recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was an interview he did with them uh, to help like promote the Muppet Show. Hey, have you ever found yourself where uh, you, you, you're, you're searching around, you find it's like, oh, this is this is a perfect thing to share, and you, you throw it up and you're like, wait a minute, I already posted this like seven months ago. Actually, when I do think of something, I will actually backtrack and search and be like, did I already post about this? And if I did, I'll just retweet it again. <laughs> or, or I'll be like, eh, it didn't do so well this time. 
let's change the wording around and see if we can make it work better this time. <laughs> so have you had any other kind of like interesting celebrity interactions? I've, I've just noticed a lot of, a lot of times your stuff will get kind of retweeted and quote tweeted by, you know, celebs and stuff. Is there any kind of weird, memorable ones stick out to you? Um, but, um, Mark Hamill follows us. <laughs> I was like, holy moly. How, how, what, how is it that Mark Hamill is following my, cause I'm not official. I'm not affiliated with anyone. I'm just a silly little fan club. Mm-hmm. Why are these people fall? Do they not know? <laughs> are they missing something? So yeah, that's definitely that. That was the most recent one that I was like, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> but oh, who else? Lavar Burton follows us. Oh wow, that's cool. And that was a really that that was special to me. I grew up, you know, watching Reading Rainbow. That was. I, I grew up on PBS, so all those shows, you know, I, I get followed by someone like that, and I'm like, wow, they, 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 they recognize me now. Uh, I'm just going through, because <laughs> there are some really, and the director of the Goofy movie, Kevin Lima, follows huh. us. It's a, and sometimes it's some strange ones that you wouldn't ever expect. Like, I've had... Uh, wrestlers follow me <laughs> and I'm like I, I don't know wrestling but cool you like us cool um, it's it's been a really just it's just a neat experience I think is the best way to put it very cool so I guess obviously you have some love of Disney if you work there <laughs> yeah. uh, so what was uh, your first kind of memory of going to Disney World when, when did that happen for you first memory Okay, so I went to Disney before I can remember, but first memory. I think the earliest memory I have of being at Disney World, ironically, is being too scared to go see Muppet Vision 3D. (laughs) You and my daughter share that. Because I thought that it was going to be the actual, like, Muppets were going to be out on a stage, and I that would be so, so... I don't want them to see me. I'm no, uh, that's so strange. (laughs) I mean, I got my poor parents. They were like, if you, I think it was potty training. They were like, if you can do this, we'll take you to have breakfast with Winnie the Pooh next time we go to Disney. So of course I just jumped right on that (laughs) only to then cry my eyes out as soon as i discovered oh they aren't atomically size accurate they are these giant people in costumes i'm mortified Uh, you you didn't fall for it i hid under the table for that entire time (laughs) uh, my poor parents (laughs) no i i I was there because when we took uh my girls the first time when they were two and a half they were they were okay with like Mickey and stuff, but the princesses just straight freaked them out. Because I think to them it wasn't like, oh, that's Ariel. It was like it's a stranger in a red wig. I don't like this. Get me away from them. It's like we went I, to like the princess breakfast in Epcot at a oh no. and they just cried through the whole thing. It's that age where you know they're just not. Re- they have a different idea of what things are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have that age where they don't want to ride anything because everything's terrifying. Yes, yes. Turns out that's between two and three. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've discovered that. <laughs> <laughs> so as you uh, kept going back to Disney, um, I, I'm going to assume that Muppet Vision was an always visit attraction for you. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What what, what is it about a- that show that that works for you? <sighs> how how long do you have? All the time in the world, my friend. Just, it's, it is exactly what the Muppets are. And it's exactly who Jim Henson was as a person, was taking this medium, taking something that was kind of seen as like outdated, this idea of 3D, you know, you think back to the old like 50s movies of watch out, Frankenstein's going to reach out and grab you. Kind of, you know, that's where that's where my mind goes when I think 3D. So for so Jim taking this this technology and then being like, I'm going to instead of 
making, trying to do more than what it is, just doing what it is, just embracing the medium of it. And not at no point does it feel like the Muppets are like, I think that's one thing about the Muppets in general that I like is they never try to act superior. They never act like they're this grand thing. It's like the first thing you hear in Muppet Vision 3D is, welcome, let me show you around. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, come look at this cool, this cool stuff we have. Everything's going to ex- go wrong, but hey, isn't this neat? <laughs> and to me, that's really what the Muppets are, is this idea of everything's going to go wrong but we're still going to keep going. And like, that's, that's probably the best motivational message of anything I've ever seen. Cause it's not, you know, it's not that, Oh, you failed. You're it's okay. If you feel bad, you just gotta, you gotta be strong. Instead. It's just, eh, life sucks sometimes. What's next? <laughs> or, Oh no, our theater exploded. Well, at least none of you were hurt. You know, it's just this not taking itself seriously. And I think that's what really works about the Muppets is when they just don't take it seriously. Aside from the um, just kind of 3D nature of the film, is is there anything else about the, the experience, the attraction that really stands out to you that works for you? I mean, I love the fact that it's the Muppet Theater. It's uh-huh. you're there. It's like, yeah, this this is it. This is where the Muppet Show happened. I think the the fact that you get to see it with a group of people is really something that's special to me is being able to watch all these people who for most of them probably this is the first time they'll they've ever seen it and seeing the jokes landing and seeing all of this you know almost i guess yeah it it is 30 years old yeah it's coming up on 30 years 30 year material still landing all this stuff that you know all these jokes that are probably a hundred years old <laughs> still working like i've posted the clip on twitter the we invited distinguished scientists from all over the world to come and work here unfortunately none of them showed up <laughs> and that gets a huge laugh out of people because it's so it's so quick it's so unexpected and it's just the delivery of it it's the yes it's perfect again it's just the well you know what oh well and just (laughs) moving on or the um the ironing board falling down (laughs) in this here and it took me until maybe like five years ago to finally get that get the joke of it where he says here in this high-tech facility old school ironing board falls down just pops out (laughs) And, and of course, it's in 3D, so... Exactly. And it just almost hits him right in the head. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think I... I don't know if I told you this. Muppet Vision 3D is my favorite Muppet production. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was a later question, but... It is. I, I think it's mine, too. Like, we talked about in the show how... Kind of to, to your point that you said a little bit ago, it, to me, it's the most ideal version Muppets. of the Muppets in my it head. Is. Like, when I think Muppets, I think... I think of that kind of incarnation of Sam Eagle. I think yeah. of Statler and Waldorf in that tone. Like, like all of it is is what I associate with the Muppets. In that host, but also just go with the flow of it all. <laughs> and I feel like, and this might be hitting on another topic, I feel like it perfectly shows what Disney doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that they stopped the whole show to find Bean Bunny. They aren't like, okay, well, well, how about you guys go look for him and we got to keep doing this. They're like, oh, hold on. We're bringing this all to a complete halt. We got to find this, this, we got to find this kid because he's important to us. Like, even though he's been getting treated like crap the entire time, they're still like, hey, he's one of us. Where is he? Um, and of course, having Sweetums come out <laughs> and start flat doing the flashlight. <laughs> it's like that, that's another moment where seeing it with an audience, when he comes out, that, that, wait, what? <laughs> He's, there's a Muppet here. Oh there's my. a Muppet. A real one. And just all the little details, I think, make it so, all the things that nobody was going to notice. Nobody would have ever thought to look at 
unless you pointed it out like the fact that the the penguin orchestra their sheet music is like the rainbow connection or something like that or that if you watch them the whole time they they react to everything mm-hmm. that happens on screen mm-hmm. or and the same with Statler and Waldorf they react to every little if they're not speaking their fate they're looking at each other and like it's just so and we haven't even gotten to the pre-show yet yeah <laughs> oh that is the most the, probably muppet vision the the main show and the pre-show are probably two of the most quotable things ever made right like i have been dying to make a t-shirt of stopping in the middle is distinctly unpatriotic <laughs> i will buy one i mean i when disney opened that custom make your own t-shirt store in downtown disney first one i made was of gonzo's face and it says what kind of foolishness would you like to see <laughs> and because there's just so much to those that are just so and it, that pre-show gosh the fact that the t- it uses three televisions simultaneously and it's all synced up perfectly yeah 1991 like, that was a big deal it was it's still a big deal the fact that it all still uh, and I don't think people really realize that. They don't really think, oh, right, this isn't. I had one person I heard, overheard one time be like, it's just one long TV screen. I'm like, how? How is. Did they cut out the spots in the middle? Yeah. <laughs> you know where that gets you? Three TVs. <laughs> Although, that does feel like a weird Muppet thing to have happen. Like, they needed three TVs, so they just got one big one and sawed off some middle Exactly. Bits. Now I think about it, that's actually genius. <laughs> but I could totally just, see that happening. Exactly. Maybe not today, it's Muppets, but back then, <laughs> certainly. So have you spent time, when you go to the show, wandering around that that space and finding all the odd props and everything? Oh, anything that, that's a favorite the, of yours there? The the swine trek, uh-huh. the a net full of jello. <laughs> I posted that on Twitter on her birthday. I posted happy birthday to our favorite musketeer. It took two hours before someone responded. Oh, I get it. <laughs> and I was like, ha- it's a net. F- f- <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Look, I I try. I, I I that's what I'm that's what I'm on Twitter for. I'm here to help these people. <laughs> and the fact that you know i wish there was a way it could be permanent you know mm-hmm. i wish there was a way i wish there was something they could do like they did for carousel of progress and they did for tiki room that says this will never go away i mean gosh 30 years on it's it's hard and to imagine. if like, they get rid of it that to me shows that disney that will be the ultimate sign of they just care about the money well i mean when when galaxy's edge was announced and you Everyone look, it's like, like there's there's Star Tours, Muppets, and Galaxy's Edge, and it's like, oh no, oh no, this is it, this is it, and it survived. It, it, it survived. Survived. I I just don't. What I've learned is even if Disney doesn't think the Muppets are relevant or matter, I'm I think I've I've shown that that's quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if they'd be able to do it, but if they just put jim henson's muppet vision 3d as a like a permanent sign of it's not going anywhere because it deserves it because <laughs> i haven't been back since they changed the the entrance though and that's ugh. yeah this i'm not a fan of, of that yeah yeah because that original sign was so perfect it was <laughs> why did they ch- I know they got rid of the balloon because they thought, oh, it'll ruin immersion and galaxies. Nobody cares. <laughs> Not a single person would have seen the back of the balloon and gone, oh, that ruins my immersion. And anyone who would are the same people who are like, oh, Starbucks is closed during a hurricane. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> like, I think Disney takes itself way too seriously. Would you agree with that? I can, yeah. I think, especially with Star Wars right now. Like, they do, like, the Lego holiday special that just came out. Mm -hmm. 
But at the same time, it's not going to be making the same kind of jokes Robot Chicken did a few years ago. Right, right. They're not going to be being like, George Lucas, you're stupid. <laughs> but no, I'm sorry for getting this so off track. We were talking no, about no, what? Original? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I, I did have something I wanted to ask you if you had any knowledge of. because It's something that we uncovered in our research that I'd never heard of. That apparently David Gumpel, who directed the pre-show... Mm-hmm. Uh, from UpVision. He said in, that in 2008, they directed and filmed a new pre-show that was supposed to be put in when they did a refurb in 09, but it just never went in. Do you know anything Interesting. about that? I have not heard about that. Because, boy, wouldn't that, that, wouldn't that be something I, to track I, down? I've heard... I mean, every... it's Muppet Vision and Imagination are in the same boat of every two months, it's either going to get closed and changed, or no, nothing's happening. <laughs> And both of them, des- Muppet Vision deserves some some kind of permanent plaque, and jer- Journey into Imagination needs. Gosh, only a time <laughs> machine could fix that one. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Now, how much how much do you know about all the original plans for that part of the park? What that was supposed to be, kind of like a you mean more what would have been the greatest Muppet thing land. to ever be in Disney World that should would have probably still been around today if it had happened. So you have heard of it? Okay, good. <laughs> Oh yeah, and it's truly my in my opinion, Disney could open a park, not even like Galaxy's Edge where it's just a where it's a tumor off of one of the parks. They could open a Muppet theme park where all the rides are the Muppets haphazardly trying to do the Disney rides and it would be the <laughs> best and it would be incredibly successful because everyone would get the jokes. Everyone would know that and it could be it could be obvious things like, oh, the Swedish chef is selling churros, but instead of cinnamon, he used cayenne pepper, something like that. Uh-huh. Or I've had this, I've had this idea of the Muppets doing an o- doing a layover of the haunted mansion, and it is the most brilliant idea I think, <laughs> where it's where Miss Piggy is Madame Leota, uh-huh. and she's trying, she's like. Wake us with your tambourine, and it's just a bunch of random instruments going. Just like animal hitting a bunch of stuff. Exactly. It's like a ho- <laughs> you hear a horn somewhere, <laughs> and then something, of course, explodes right. Now. <laughs> or you don't. You're trying to go through the uh, the attic scene, and then the fa- the floor collapses under you. <laughs> That's it. Have Miss Piggy as the uh, ha- have her as uh, the bride, and then the floor collapses under. Then you see the Pepper's ghost effect, and there's like, uh, you didn't see anything. Exactly. See? That's what I'm itself. talking yeah, about. Right. The Muppets. And you can show all the strings, and you can show all the things about it, and it makes sense, because that's mm-hmm. the Muppets. And everything has to go wrong. <laughs> and that's what Disney doesn't get. They, d- they keep doing this story of, oh, we're failing. Nobody likes us anymore. We're losers. Oh well, and it's like, yeah, we've you've you've always been losers. That's why you that's what why it worked. <laughs> and I don't know. I I just don't know what I want Disney to do. Cuz I do believe there are people working there who could do the right thing. <laughs> but I don't know what, if they What did you think of the Muppets show that was a, a few years back now? The the the, the I one thought, that was like the, the office spin-off I, thing. I I liked it once they stopped making the the whole piggy Kermit relationship, the big focus, like the whole mm. point of it. Like, I think it could have been such an interesting take on their characters. It could have been a, a great opportunity to explore them as characters, but instead it was more of a, look, they're broken up, watch the show. And every two, every couple lines have to remind us, oh yeah, we're not together anymore. He's my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> it's like, I, I get it. I, I, I caught that. But there were definitely episodes of it I enjoyed. There were some I didn't enjoy, but I think it could have survived. I think it was just, I think I, this is what everyone has said is it was just getting good when they canceled it. Uh-huh. I agree, it was yeah. just starting to find it. I, mean, I, I liked it from the, the word go, but I do feel like it got better as it went. Like oh, yeah. once, once Piggy kind of stopped being the bad guy, so yes. to speak, I think that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think 
I think an interesting thing that they could do with Kermit is show that he's just not a relationship kind of person. It just is he's he's not good at commitment. I think that would be an interesting place to take it. Mm-hmm. Like that he does care about Miss Piggy. Obviously, he loves her, but he just isn't. He's got so much more. He has to. He's got all this other stuff. He has to make sure works, and he just cannot settle down right now. <laughs> but no, instead we got. Oh, look who what celebrity we have this week. <laughs> look what. Look what. Uh. Uh. What would you call it? Whatever head. Whatever will make a good headline as a story. Although I did, I did enjoy Jason Bateman. On the oh show. yeah, the, I'm not saying the celebrities were bad. I, I they did a great job with their choice of celebrity. Uh-huh. It was just I don't know. I feel like Disney is focusing too much on the human aspect. Well, it's it's that misinterpretation I think that happens when like you look back at the Muppet movie and you remember you know Steve Martin and, and Orson Welles showing up at the end and then it gets misconstrued as oh cameos are funny and it's like it's it can it's be. not it's not that it was just Steve Martin it was like Steve Martin the way Being he worked in that scene and and worked with the characters and everything mm-hmm. is what what makes that work because when when it does turn into like that you know like in Jan Sandbox like back hey kids it's Mark Hamill applause it, it 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 can fall flat. It can. The thing that really bothered me was when they did the the Muppet movie and the Muppets Most Wanted, and the front of the poster was, "Look, it's the humans in the movie. Go see. That, that's who you're interested in seeing. That's that that's the that's who's that's why you're coming to see the movie. You want to see Ricky Gervais. You don't. The Muppets are yeah, they're there, but you want to come see Ricky Gervais. Yeah, it's like that weird." you know who knows what kind of negotiations and contract things happen with agents like yeah ricky has to be front and center of this poster if you want him in your movie but yeah i i i do i do agree with that like i feel like the the muppets can carry themselves uh-huh and while i do of course you got to have a celebrity somewhere i mean the muppet show did that but at the same time it's like you can also just let the muppets be the muppets <laughs> for a change I don't know if you remember the, um, they did a bunch of skits and stuff on Disney's online, like their, their web page, whatever you would call it. And it was just a bunch of exclusive skits and stuff that they did with the Muppets for it. It was before YouTube and all that. <laughs> and it's some of the best Muppet material since Jim died. Cause it's so on point. Like there was one I recently shared of them just it's just four of them in an elevator singing the battle hymn of the Republic. And that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Well, you, you feel like that stuff didn't have a lot of oversight. Like it was like, this is just going on our website, whatever you guys go do something. Do whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what Disney needs to do. Just stop caring and <laughs> not caring. Ab- I mean, they obviously don't care, but stop caring about what they're doing instead of if the yeah, yeah. existing in general. Well, let's jump back a little bit. Um, yeah, I mentioned I mentioned how we had our show on Muppet Christmas Carol, which, which is notable being the first thing they did kind of after Jim Henson's death. Yeah. So and Richard Hunt. For, yes, also true. I always forget Lost to say that. Two but of the it, biggest it is, giants yeah. in the in the game. Yeah. So so when 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 do you first remember seeing that movie? It was oh gosh, I was maybe ten, and it was the um, it was the release of that Disney did the re-release of it. And just one Christmas, I was like, you know, I, I haven't ever seen this one. I want to see it. And I thought it was pretty good. The first time I saw it, I was like, yeah, this is all right. This is, it's cute. And then I watched it again the next year. And I was like, oh, this is, this is good. This is, I like it. And it's, it's just gotten better and better with each year. Have you um, read the original novel? Of course. I think I was in seventh grade when I read that. It was one of those English class ones. Yeah, yeah. I'm always astounded how close it really does cut to the source oh, material. Yeah. Even, even compared to like other interpretations of the of this, you know, in, in film. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The fact that so much of it is just the dialogue from the book. And, and the commentary. The Marleys were dead to begin with. Oh, that's spooky. Yeah. <laughs> such a that was a per, that was a perfect christmas thing for them to adapt because other than like disney because they literally have scrooge it was like 
the Muppets are the second best ones to do. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the fact that uh, Michael Caine is, you know, yeah, there are other humans throughout, but he's like the main human. Like, and what I love is the fact that the po- from what I've gathered, they don't really talk about, you know, him being the star of it. It's more of, oh, it's Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit. And the, the, and then it's like, oh, and Michael Caine as Scrooge. Say, <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to ask you, because, you know, we, we talked about, like, you know, maybe too much emphasis put on, oh, Ricky Gervais is in this movie, and here he is on the poster. And yet, I mean, really, Michael Caine off, just gets, it's subtle. Yeah, like, 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 what do you think made that different? Like, like, why did it work there in Christmas Carol and not in the later films? Because... I mean, the the fact that Ricky, or not Ricky, I'm sorry, Michael Caine is, <laughs> Ricky Gervais is Scrooge. That could be a very interesting movie. Ugh, very interesting, I don't I want guess. to see it, but I no, could no. be there. But um, the fact that Michael Caine, throughout his entire musical number, ba- dedicated to him and how much everyone hates him, you never see his face until <clears> the <throat> last shot where he turns around. And that's how they introduce him. It's like, there you go. That's, they don't give you a, like a, look, it's this person kind of thing. It's, uh, and they don't make a big deal out of it being Michael Caine. Right. Cause you hear this song about this is Scrooge and you see him kind of walking from behind and his feet and everything. Exactly. So, so by, when the time, you see by the time you, you're addressed to his face, you're like, Oh, you, that's Scrooge. You, yeah. You're already in the Scrooge, but it's, it's not Michael Caine anymore. That's a, that's a very good point. I like that. Ricky Gervais. First time you see him is where he walks up to Kermit. And he's like, Kermit, why don't the Muppets take a will tour? Right. And it's like, Oh, this is Ricky, Ricky Gervais. Gervais. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're like, no, yeah. this is Dominic. And it's like, Okay. Oh. Well, and the same goes for Lady Holiday in Great Muppet Caper. You see this woman get her stuff stolen, but then they say, oh, that's Lady Holiday, but they don't make a huge, I don't know. They don't. We, even, even by the time you, you get wouldn't to recognize Wells, that the, person the as that person. Movie. Yeah, like like so much is made of they're, they're you know they're getting to this Hollywood executive at the end of Muppet movie exactly. That, you know, and then it's Orson it is, Welles. It's like oh, look, it's Orson Welles. Ha ha, he's the executive, but he's the yeah. executive. You already know who he is before you've met him. That's that's a and very you good hear, point. You know Dom DeLuise's voice, and he says, "I've I'm lost. I'm I'm an agent." Before you like see his face, it's like oh. So he's an agent. Oh, it's Dom DeLuise. <laughs> All right, there. We just we just cracked the code. Disney can send us. Don't the show their face. Just tell us who they are yeah. first. Give us thirty same seconds. With, same with Long John Silver. Mm-hmm. They're talking about this mean, bad person, and then you see that it's. Uh, All right, there. It we, out. we solved it. There, we, we did solved it. it. All right, let me get on my uh, my yeah, uh, chat. This with is a Disney. productive evening. <laughs> Stop showing them first. <laughs> oh, man. So I'll tell you, let's, uh, we're coming up on an hour here, which it's amazing to me how these always seem to go last an hour. So let's, uh, let's kind of lightning round it a little bit at the end here right. just to, to get some of, your, some of your favorites and, and, and we'll go. So we already said Muppet Vision is your favorite project, so we'll, yeah. we'll eliminate that. What is your favorite Muppet film? Favorite Muppet film is The Muppet Movie. All right, even. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite Muppet TV production? It flip-flops between Muppet Show and Fraggle Rock, but I'm going to go with Muppet Show this time. All right. Who is your favorite Muppet? Robin the Frog. Nice. Explain yeah. that one. I'm curious to hear why. I mean, I grew up with the Muppets, so seeing this character who was like, oh, he's like me. He's little. He's a little kid. That's That's like me. And then... I don't know if you're familiar with the video game on the PlayStation, Muppet Monster Thanks to you, Adventure. I am very, very much so. <laughs> yeah. And playing that when I was like five years old, I'm like, oh my gosh, the kid is the protect is the who I'm playing as. I like th-. and yeah, so Robin's just always been my favorite. And Gonzo is a close second. Mm-hmm. Just because I was always weird. So I was like, yeah, I like the weird one. <laughs> All right. Favorite Muppet song. Favorite Muppet song. <sighs> Ooh, now you're getting into some. Now, what constitutes as Muppet song? A song performed by a Muppet. When the River Meets the Sea, from Emmett Otter's Jug Band Creek. Okay. Technically Muppets. Yes, that counts, absolutely. When the mountain touches the valley, all 
velvet clouds are taught to fly Thus our souls shall leave this land most peacefully Though our minds be filled with questions In our hearts we'll understand When the river meets the sea Like a flower that has blossomed in the dry are born and born again most gracefully thus the winds of time shall take us with a sure and steady hand when the river meets the sea patience my sons in that sweet and final hour truth and justice will be done like a baby I just think it's a very I think it's because it really transcends the Muppets like you would hear it and your brain wouldn't automatically think you wouldn't even think it was like a Disney song like Rainbow Connection as much as I love it if you heard it somewhere, you'd be like, "Oh, that sounds like something out of a Disney." But with "When the River Meets the Sea," it feels like a it feels like a gospel song, honestly. <laughs> and I think it's just a good message about you know just enjoy the people around you, just know that things will make sense at some point. And I feel like that's something I can really relate with. Who's your favorite Muppet performer? Ooh. You think I would prepare for these kinds of questions, but it's like asking me who my favorite child is. <laughs> Richard Hunt. Okay. I think he's just... Everything I've learned about him just seems like he was, in many ways, kind of like Jim. Just very free-willing and fun with everything he did. And he's got a beautiful... He had a beautiful singing voice. Hmm. All right, let's see. If you had to pick between only watching one at the holidays, would it be Emmett or would it be Christmas Carol? Muppet Family Christmas. Oh, you, you went off script. Interesting. I, as much as I love those two, Muppet Family Christmas is like a warm hug. Huh. It's one of those that it's one of those I could literally watch on repeat. <laughs> like, uh, let's, it's it's my Christmas story. I can just have it on 24-7 from December 1st to December 25th, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay. You have to delete one Muppet film from history. Which one is it? Does Muppet Wizard of Oz count? Sure. Yeah! <laughs> Get rid of that. Gosh. That, I, I've tried watching it. I've tried. And it's just so... There's a level of self-awareness that's that's perfect with the Muppets, but then there's that going too much where it's like, okay, please stop. When did that come out? That, now I'm trying to remember. It came like, out. It came out in 2005, I think. It was the same. Yeah, I was gonna year. say it was, it was in college. It was right after Disney bought them. It was like yeah, the first like, big thing they did with them. Yeah. Wow. And it's. I remember. Yeah, I remember. You know, I mean, I was a Muppet fan too. And I saw that come. I was like, nah. I mean, it's <laughs> nah. a great idea in concept. Uh-huh. But then they tried to make it so the problem, and I don't think Disney does it as much these days. Not that I've noticed, is they were trying to make the Muppets hip and cool, yeah. and it just did not work. All right, here we go. Your favorite celebrity cameo in a Muppet film? Um, oh, that's a good one. Peter Ustinov in The Great Muppet Caper. Oh, I love Peter Ustinov because <laughs> it's just so. Perfect. The what are you doing with Oscar the Grouch? Why are you here? A very brief cameo. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's all. 
and I feel like they really captured the spirit of that with the um, Muppets Most Wanted, which I think is as close to Henson as Disney has gotten with the Muppets, especially the extended version of it. Did oh. I see the extended? I don't know if I knew there was an extended version. There's an extended version on the DVD or the Blu-ray, whatever have you. Um, <laughs> and it adds like te- it, it adds only like 10 minutes, but it adds extra verses to the songs that are incredibly funny. Um, it adds jokes in that are really good. They do a callback to the Muppet movie where Kermit and Fozzie have to like get in a, they're like driving somewhere and he gets in and Kermit goes, bare left, right frog. And I was like, yes. <laughs> All right, last <sighs> one. What is your favorite piece of Muppet memorabilia that you have? Ooh. Um, I'd say my favorite right now is my pigs in space soap. <laughs> it was released by Hallmark in the 80s and it's like bath like bath soap. Uh-huh. But it has Piggy and Link Hog throb and it's three separate bars with their faces like engraved into them and it's so weird. <laughs> and the fact that it has survived all these years. Right? baffles me i saw it on ebay and i was like for like ten dollars i was like why I not need that. <laughs> why not i was like that that's an interesting conversation piece so yeah that's <laughs> that's one that i'm now now where is that in your home <laughs> with all my other muppet stuff of course i'm not gonna actually use it i mean but it's like proudly displayed up there oh yeah absolutely <laughs> it's on the top shelf and everything <laughs> fantastic well josh i can't thank you enough for joining us tonight Oh, absolutely. This has been a lot of fun. I always, I will say, I always enjoy when I can talk about the Muppets and I don't have to get into, so what do you think of the Muppets now? And I'm like, (laughs) well, I like when I can talk about everything else that I love about the Muppets, everything that made, that made that made Muppet history happen. Very cool. Hey, um, go ahead and talk to our audience for a second. Tell them where they could uh, find more of you on the internet. Well, you can find me on Twitter at History Muppet, not Muppet History, because I thought I was being cute. And I, it's a curse I have to live with now. And <laughs> I think it's the same one. I think it's also history. No, it's Muppet History on Instagram and Muppet History on Facebook, whatever. Um, I also sell designs on T-shirts and masks and sweaters whatever stickers on t public just search up i think it really is just t public.com slash store slash muppet history and you'll find us we muppet got hyphen history actually muppet hyphen history yeah, the hyphen is important I'll, it I'll, is. I'll link all these to the show notes but yeah and w- i've been releasing some uh christmas merchandise you know get your careful of the icy patch and Light the lamp, not the rat, and those kinds of things. I've got some more I'm excited to release. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I do, and I've been doing it for two years now. So Phenomenal. Well, in addition to to your, your hope to do a uh, stopping in the middle is distinctly unpatriotic, uh, we oh, here yeah, at 90s that's, Disney, uh, that's, that's would, always we, in the works. We that's, would very much appreciate a It's a Glorious Three Hour Finale, You've Got a Minute and a Half shirt. because Exactly. It says that on the front and then on the back. <laughs> Oh yes, okay, yeah. We'll 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 take three. Exactly. <laughs> An extra large. See, that's that's one thing that makes me a little sad is they don't do like you can't do like a, a double front and back. Like a not even that. You can do front and back, but like a you know, they do at Disney the I love you, I know, I can't do a what kind of foolishness are you want do you want to see? I can't do anything like a like a his and her shirt or whatever. Yeah, that'd be so him. good. But <laughs> I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll make it so it's like, oh, if you add this to your cart, you have to add the other. I'm not going to allow you to buy one. (laughs) Yes, they're a matching set. They're a matching set. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Joshua, thanks again. Take care. Thanks for having uh, me. You know, as we, I'm, you know, I, I know for sure at some point, God knows when we'll get to, we'll be doing dinosaurs and and, and some other Muppet stuff. I the 90s. recently rewatched Dinosaurs earlier this year, and it is astounding. It's one of the greatest TV shows ever made. So maybe oh, we'll, uh, maybe we'll get you back on, and we'll 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 have some more fun. Oh gosh, who knows what'll happen there? How quickly I'll derail it. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. All right. <laughs> Stadler. Oh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. 
Well, you didn't miss much.